Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. This week's episode returns to France. The country is witnessing its own energy crisis amid low nuclear output and huge financial challenges for the country's largest utility. And that's not even taking into account the need to source more gas in the aftermath of the war in Ukraine. Many firms in Europe and globally are pulling out of Russia, but French firms seem to be lagging behind. Joining me, Richard Svarsson, to discuss these issues is half of Montel's French team from a live studio recording from Paris. So a warm welcome to you, Chris Eels. Bonjour. And Muriel Busselli. Bonjour. So let's, let's start off by talking about the crisis in France. What's been the government's reaction so far? The government has moved to freeze gas prices at their uh, October 21 level and will keep this um, protection in place uh, for the rest of this year. It's also uh, capped power prices at 4%, and that should stay in place until the summer. Gas prices in France have gone up dramatically, as they have done across Europe. You know, in fact, the figures look like a 1,000% year-on-year increase earlier this month. It's a huge cost for the government, 22 billion euros. This, um, these protection measures uh, are, are expected to cost. So it's a massive undertaking. On the electricity side, as we know, um, they've also raised the volume of nuclear power sold at a regulated rate, the Aram rate. So you now have uh, 20 terawatt hours extra in order mm. to help out suppliers. Maybe we'll come back to that. I think we'll touch on that later, Chris. But, you know, what about, is there a threat of market intervention? Is there, you know, has the government said it could intervene in either the price setting mechanism or, you know, capping prices for yeah. both power well, and gas? I mean, you know, they, they are capped. They have capped electricity prices. They have uh, limited the frozen gas prices. But, yes, if you're talking about the government, we haven't heard from the government yet. It's about to, to, to say what they're going to do. But there are people calling for a ceiling on gas wholesale prices, for example. The CEO of Angie, big French company, has called for that. That demand, for for example, for a price ceiling on wholesale gas prices has uh, been echoed across Europe and has been picked up by the European Commission. We spoke to the European Mural, spoke to the EC Energy Commissioner recently, who said that, uh, yeah, this is one of the options on the table. They're certainly being touted by, by Spain and Portugal at quite a high level, and they're, they're talking I think for gas, they're capping the wholesale price at around 180 euros. But is, yeah. that, is that the level that well, they're I discussing mean, the here? Well, I mean, level, uh, the CEO, she mentioned 150. Um, it's not only uh, Angie, and not a, it's also uh, energy consumers, big industrial consumers also demanding exactly the same thing. Mm. And they also would like a, uh, a new regulated rate mm. for their power. They mentioned um, the tartan. Which was something way, way back, uh, way back in the days before Aaron, you mm. had a tartan rate, you had a special rate for businesses, business mm. rate, which was about similar price, uh, similar level to the Aaron. Mm. This is what some companies are demanding now. Some of the lobbies are, they want a, a, emergency measures, mm. including cap on wholesale gas prices, new regulated rate for their power from EDF, mm. and Rationing of electricity. Mm. Rationing of electricity, yeah. that's kind of quite a drastic yeah. drastic move. Have we seen... Gas, of gas. The, ra- the rationing is on gas. Mm. It's, it's about... Sorry, it's, gas, yeah. Sorry, yeah. gas. It's, mm. it's the idea that basically industries want to use as little as possible to, to keep you know, some stock on, on the side, mm. just to, to be precautious. Mm. But something I think uh, to add to what mm. Chris was saying... 
Bruno Le Maire and actually the president, Emmanuel Macron, mm. who's playing his re-election now in the next few weeks, has said that we're facing a huge energy crisis. But this time, you know, during the pandemic, they mm. were, they had opened all of the, uh, comment dit les robinets, uh, en taps. anglais? The taps. the taps. They had opened the taps. This, and, and Macron was very specific. Whatever it costs, we will pay to mm. protect the economy. This time, they have repeated that so our economy ministry and our president have, have repeated that they would not be in, in, in that kind of um, uh, mindset. It, mm. it's, it's not unlimited, basically. Yeah, it's basically, the support it's is not the unlimited. Su- the support mm. is not unlimited. Mm. So they will help, but at the same time, I think they're seeing this as well as an opportunity uh, for people to change the way they're thinking, mm. especially our energy transition minister is seeing this as an opportunity to cut our reliance on fossil fuels it's also a way to make people aware that the supply is not endless mm. for gas and oil and that people need to change the way, you know, the way they consume. Mm. Has there been an impact already due to the high prices in terms of, you know, um, demand destruction from French industry? Have we already seen that in um, terms of gas and power? There have been companies that have cut production, uh, other companies threatening to cut production. Oh, yes, it started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. uh, as in other parts of Europe. But if I if I can turn to, you know, it's quite prominent. We see big oil and gas majors declaring, you know, cut to any ties with Russia. You know, we see the Shell, BP companies declaring that they won't do new deals with, with Russian firms such as Gazprom, Rosneft, etc. But one company stands out, Muriel, and that's, that's why I want to, to talk to you because I know you're an expert. You've written about this company. So what's going on with Total Energies, the company formerly known as Total? Okay, what's happening so, here? Why? Are, what's the reluctance here to, to cut those energy ties with Russia? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Total has made absolutely no move to leave, despite the economy minister asking them two weeks ago, asking them quite clearly to leave, saying it would be a good idea. You know, uh, anyone, uh, you know, saying there was a problem of principle in working with anyone close to Putin. But since then, nothing has happened, and Total is not has said it was not leaving. It said it would not invest further in Russia. But then that would be a pretty good idea not to invest further in Russia because they are so heavily invested Mm. already, much more than uh, other oil majors, which is why they are, you know, they're they're finding it difficult to leave because they have invested billions, billions and billions, tens of billions of, of, of euros. Total has a history of not leaving countries which have a problematic um, leadership. For instance, you know, they stayed in, in Burma amid the different crises and civil wars. And, and their argument was always, well, you know, it's good for an occidental country to remain. We might be the only ones there, but we can witness, you know, um, exactions. Mm. We know that they are staying for the business. Mm. I think what's important to understand is that Total is the only major which hasn't got its own oil and gas reserves. France doesn't have oil and gas. And that's very different from BP, Shell, or ExxonMobil. Mm. So the only way they can access reserves is to invest in countries, and often countries mostly, which have difficult regimes. They could have invested in the US, you know, with Shell gas and Shell oil, but they have a very complicated relationship with the US. Mm. And partly, I think that the reason that Total is not leaving is also a form of provocation towards the United States. Because if you think about it, uh, Shell 
BP, ExxonMobil are all under American influence. Mm. So this is also the way for a French company to say, we don't have to listen to the Americans. Well, they're not even listening to the Americans. Mm. But uh, And Total is a state within a state. It's got its own agenda Mm. And it's all about money. It's all about maintaining their role in the country, even if it's at war, it doesn't matter. Mm. Describe this fraught relationship with the US and, and Total. What, what's going on there? Okay, what happened in the 1990s was America um, put an embargo um, against Iran. And Total at that point was just about to, to, make a, to sign a huge deal. They went ahead with the deal and they refused to leave Iran. So this really uh, created a huge clash between Total and America. And ever since, it's been a kind of cold war between, mm. between Total and, and America, with Total constantly going against American decisions. The thing is, in the oil world, uh, you trade oil in dollars. America, in 1974, set up a deal with Saudi Arabia asking them to trade their oil in dollars in exchange for protection of the kingdom. Saudi Arabia accepted, and other OPEP countries followed suit. Mm. They all started trading in dollar. So once you trade in dollar, you are under the jur jurisdiction of America. So if America decides to set up an embargo or sanctions against some countries, and if a company that trades oil in dollar decide to trade with that country, has it, have its own business, mm. then it will fall under the jurisdiction of America. Mm. So there has been many legal issues between Total and, and, and America, and one big issue between Total and, and America over Iran, which explains why Total decided to invest in Russia, away from America, mm. and they've put all their eggs in the same basket. And basically... Historically, Total was in Africa and it was in the Middle East, former French colonies. They went into Russia at the time when uh, former CEO Christophe de Margerie predicted that we were getting to the peak of production. It was going to decline around 2008. He predicted that. And so at that point, it was, the idea was to go to Russia to extract oil and gas, which was more difficult to, to access. Um, and that's where, you know, companies like Total have, you know, very smart engineers and they have equipment which are, are very advanced to, you know, to extract fossil fuels in these areas. And Putin in the 2000s, at that time, Putin was keen to have foreign companies come into Russia to modernize mm. the oil and gas industry. And mm. that's what Total did. But it was very, very tricky uh, for Total to get into Russia. It's very difficult to get into the uh, close to the power. So um, they made several attempts, several failed attempts. And at one point, Christophe de Margerie decided to do something a bit crazy. Mm. He invested in a theater called the Marinsky Theater in uh, St. Petersburg, mm. where the orchestra chief, Maestro Gergiev, operates, and Gergiev is a very, very close friend of Putin. Mm. They've known each other since the early 90s, uh, when Putin was, um, he was the number two of the city mm. of, of St. Petersburg. And so Total entered the board of this theater and became friends. So Christophe de Marjorie, the former CEO, became friends with Gergiev, mm. close friend to Putin, and that's how they became mm. friends.
And that's how Total got in, into Russia. And it's that's fascinating, Muriel. I mean, I think uh, before I then ask you to, to tell us about the potential, what, what lies ahead for the company, you know, maybe listeners, you've heard a bit of uh, background noise here. We, we, we are not quite on the champs, uh, Chambelize, but we're not far from it. You know, there's a bit of background noise. But Chris, could you, you tell us a little bit about other French companies and their position in terms of with Russia, their relationship with Russia? The other big company is Angie, the French uh, energy giant. And uh, they have, um, importantly, a stake, uh, I think it's a 10% stake in, in, in Nord Stream 2. And they also have a, a similar share in Nord Stream 1. So um, that's interesting. And their position is that they are going to stay, they're going to stick in the country along with Total. Their argument is that uh, they're providing a public service. They have to make good on their commitments. They're committed to providing gas, and they have to do that. They also are aware that the, any cut in gas is, uh, will have a huge impact on prices. So mm. um, that's their argument, and uh, it's unlikely to change unless or until there are sanctions. But what's the government view here? Are they, are they likely to step in and, and demand that they, they do this? Well, the government have said, started off saying, I think it was Bruno Le Maire, if I'm right, who said something like it's problematic yeah. dealing, having dealings with Russia. Mm. Um, and so that indicated at the time, perhaps, you know, we thought maybe that's a bit of pressure. But since then, nothing. And in fact, they've, they did backtrack on that, what, I think. What happened or, was that, uh, well, Pouyanné, who's the current CEO yeah. of Total Energy, met with Macron. And after that meeting that was last week, he felt, he said, you know, we're not pressured to leave mm. from, you know, so no pressure from the government. And on NG, it, it's the same thing. The, you know, the, the, the French state has a 24% stake in yeah. NG. Mm. So they could. They, they could, could they, they could they apply could. pressure, but they're they're they're, they're not. Mm. Um, so they have a double standard, Chris. I think. I think they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably it do. sounds like it. Sounds yes, like it, guys. Yes, I mean, but, yes, yeah. but Mira, what are the steps ahead for Total here? I mean, uh, surely they must be, uh, you know, afraid of of sanctions. Um, you know, but but from what you're saying. There is, you know, there's still going to be a reluctance to, to pull out completely. I remember Patrick Pouyanné, the CEO of Total, saying, he told me uh, when, when I was writing my book mm. about the, the crash, about the, the death of Christophe de Margerie, he, he told me, I think that Christophe de Margerie has gone too far in Russia. He's invested too much. And now that they're, 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 they're stuck in their commitments. I think it's a gamble. It could either be a good choice and maybe, you know, since we're talking here about a lot of, of the, you know, the projects are LNG. So they'll be able to, you know, if we're looking further out, uh, they'll be able to sell their LNG to China, Asia, which they're already doing, but they could boost their supplies towards the East and stop um, supplying the, you know, Europe, for instance. Mm. But they could also lose a lot because Europe has said that it wanted to cut by two-thirds its reliance on Russian gas by the end of the year. You know, a lot of the supplies are coming to Russia. So they're, they're, they've invested too much and they stand, they stand to lose. So right now, they are hoping, they're crossing their fingers that somehow they've made the right choice. But any company knows that you do not put all your eggs in one basket. And this is really the mistake that mm. Total um, made, I think. One thing I would like to add, and one reason, another reason why they're not leaving, 
is because they have a stake in Novatec. And Novatec is, uh, is a private company, whereas the BP, Shell, and ExxonMobil were invested in public companies. So that makes a big difference. Uh, public companies, we know they're directly financing the war, uh, whereas Novatec is a private company. The number two of Novatec is an oligarch who on has been, who's, who's on the sanctions list. So they're using that argument. Total is using that argument. Well, we're not financing a, a state mm. company, so we're okay. But we know that the oligarchs are, you know, they've been created by Putin and they have to, they serve him in a way. You know, it's they, all they massively intertwined, Putin. isn't it? It's I completely mean, intertwined. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, if, you know, potentially, you know, the company Total, NG even, could, could face substantial, uh, you know, uh, reduction in, in earnings and revenues, a big hit. Speaking of which, EDF has announced that it would uh, have a, a big drop in, in revenues. Yeah, yeah, they they announced um, that the hits would be much bigger, much deeper than expected. EDF is now saying a new estimate. It's going to cost. It's going to these problems are going to hit earnings by twenty six billion. Uh, that's, that's, that's a phenomenal figure. It's I mean, a massive amount of money. The majority of this estimated hit on twenty twenty two earnings is due to low nuclear output. Mm. It's at a record low. The target for nuclear uh, power production this year is at its lowest for 30 years, maybe even more than that. Next year, it will be low as well. So it's a huge problem that costs them a fortune. Um, they're having to buy supplies that they're already committed to supply mm. uh, on the market. So this is a double hit. They can't mm. make the money that mm. they usually make from production. And to make up for that, they've mm. got to buy at huge prices on the market. So it's a massive problem for them. Then on top of that, you have the Aaron and the changes to the regulated rate, more volume being sold on that regulated rate mm. um, of 46 euros from April until um, the end of the year. Uh, 20 terawatt hours more Will be uh, will be on sale. So obviously they're going to lose out from that because again they've got to. You're comparing, you know, Aaron rates uh, something like four times cheaper than mar market prices. Mm. So that's so, a triple whammy. So well, yes. So the, the, those are the two major costs facing them. Uh, and so already the government has said that they will uh, bail out ED EDF with a capital increase of two point five billion. 2.1 of which will come from the, the government says it will subscribe to those new shares. So um, what's coming next? Uh, I don't know uh, exactly. Could it be a nationalization? That's all the moment ruled out, at least until after the elections, because remember, there's elections coming up within a month in mm. France. Mm. So what, what, what is going to happen to this company? It's a very big question. They have enormous targets. Mm. They want to build new reactors. They want to extend reactors. These and things cost expand billions. Renewables. And expand renewables, of course. Where will the money come from? Mm. But maybe it's possible that given the crisis, the energy crisis we're facing right now and the Ukraine war, I think the French are hoping that the the Commission is changing the way it's thinking about a lot of subjects, notably, you know, about EDF and nationalizing EDF or, or doing something that involves the state more heavily. Mm. So this, they think that they are in a in a in a good position. The government thinks it's you know things could be changing in the in the next few months mm. as part of the huge change we're facing 
anyway at the moment. Yeah. Is energy... However, part, just yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting point. And I think the, you know, the, the, the EC decision on, 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 the, on the green aspect of nu- the green, so-called green quotes, uh, nuclear being green, you know, that's very, very important. However, the, the, the trouble for EDF is not only trouble for EDF, it's trouble for the whole of France. It's that important. So if EDF is in big, you know, uh, in murky, in murky waters, choppy waters, uh, so is France. So where even, you know, obviously you need to have government involvement, massive government involvement, state involvement to build nuclear power plants. Absolutely. But we, yeah. when you're in a position, you know, already France is being hit by COVID, by mm. uh, the war, the impact, the costs, where is the government going to find the money? Yeah, no, well, absolutely. the debt yes. uh, has exploded. Uh, mm. The French debt has exploded. That's mm. how they're financing everything. Mm. But uh, it's the French who are going to be paying the price at the end of it. That's, that's you and me, Muriel. Absolutely. Even though I'm not French, are... I live in France. And the herd of elephants uh, above us, <laughs> oh, yeah, above yeah, our heads. Right. But, uh, but Muriel, is, is energy, is, is it, you know, how big a part of the election uh, is it? I mean, is it a big issue that... Uh... In my lifetime, I've never heard so much about energy in the news and as part of an election. Nuclear has been a very central topic, despite the fact that there hasn't really been a debate because the people who have mainly been talking about uh, nuclear have been the people on the center, on the right, and Mm. on the far right, and they're all pro-nuclear. On the left, they are more nuanced. They they understand that uh, nuclear reactors will have to be prolonged because we don't have much choice about that, Uh, but they're against the building of new EPRs. Hmm. Uh, which is something that uh, our president Emmanuel Macron has announced in February. He announced the build of six EPRs uh, with an option for eight more EPRs. So, but this has not, it's, it's part of the election. It's, it's central, but there hasn't been a debate. And there's, we should have a refer, I mean, this is an opinion. Hmm. And, and it ha- that's something that some, um, some candidates are calling for. They're calling for a referendum. Because it's such a huge, it's, it's, it impacts our lives for millions of years building new nuclear reactors. But we are in France, it's a pro-nuclear country, and decisions tend to be made by the people high up in government, and discussion doesn't really have a place in this. Mm. So it's sad that in 2022, we're still in that situation where nuclear is imposed on the country. That's, that's, that's strong words there, Muriel, I think, but... Uh... But it's interesting that, you know, it's nuclear is taken for granted. Its position in France is taken for granted. It's just what you add in addition to it. Would that be one way of looking at it, Chris? Yeah, but the problem with that is, is that the, the two are related, obviously, because the more the more you put into nuclear, I think it's true to say the less you put into renewables. You know, mm. it's everyone, not a bottomless pit. No, no, everyone loves cell, but it's both. You know, it's mm. not it's not either or. Yes, but if you put too much into one, you do take away from the other, and that's what's happened in France. That's why France is so far behind. Mm. Lags way behind. Uh, other countries in terms of renewables, and that's because of an obsession, I would say, with nuclear power. Mm. And and we're paying the price for it now. And we're in a situation in France where we are we are too dependent on one source of power, 
And that's, you know, that's causing problems because it's so expensive to extend reactors. It's so difficult to do that. Safety issues. You know, we, we, the, 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 the reactors, uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to say they're plagued with safety issues, but we have so many of them uh, it, yeah. almost every year. And, and these corrosion ones are the latest, which are very serious. And it's very costly when it goes wrong and they can't run. Exactly. Well, guys, I'd like to, to say thank you very much for joining Monto Weekly Podcast this week and keep up the excellent reporting on what's happening in France and the French energy sector. Thank you. Merci. Thank you. Thank you. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message, any suggestions, questions, or, you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.